0: Morning, good afternoon, good night, and welcome back to another episode of the Heart to Heart Podcast. As always, I'm the pasty-ass host, Gregory Hart, and today I'm joined by another stand-up comedian, one that I've been really interested in interviewing. Shit goes back and forth. Everyone's schedules are busy as hell. And this guy, if you pay attention to his social media feed, you know the guy is all over the place. He's growing massively all the time. He was nominated for a comedy award at the Junos. He has been on Roast Battle Canada. He has a, a comedy album out called Trilopino. This man is all over the place all the time, and it makes me exhausted just to follow him. I'm super stoked to chat with him today. I'm talking with Keith Pedro.
1: Yay! What's up, Greg? Man,
0: (laughs) I'm stoked to chat, dude. It's been a fucking minute, and uh, it's it's well worth it. I'm stoked to chat with you. I've been I've been seeing even more stuff that you're posting. Your acts are changing all the time. Like, what's new? Like, what's going on with you? You seem like you're fucking bouncing all over the place.
1: Oh man, Um, yeah. I will. You know, it's been taking. Well, first of all, man, I'm glad we finally got to do this. You know, because we've been trying to get it on, and uh, one thing led to another, and that just proves how busy we both are. So yeah, man, I just been uh, crazy, crazy, crazy busy, man. Just you know, it's been it's been last year was a was a dope year for me. I got nominated for that Juno, like you said, in, in a Canadian Screen Award for Rose Battles. And then I did my uh, my Trilipino tour uh in the States and in uh, Canada. So it was crazy. And then now it's more like recovery mode. So now like cause I got my merch, we are trying to trying to re up on some merch, hard trying, trying to drop a new like Collabo with another uh, 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 merchandiser, nice. and yeah, and we're just trying to do more stuff. And then I'm trying to uh, extend my my U.S. tour, so we're thinking of more spots in Texas, Florida, uh, more spots in California as well. Uh, we're trying to go to Chicago, Houston. Like it's gonna it's gonna be nuts what we got planned out. Me and my my team, and uh, yeah, there's a few things too that's gonna be happening that I can't announce yet
0: nice yeah, it's gonna be
1: another it's gonna be another good year <laughs> for me
0: what uh where are you located now like where is your home base
1: so right now uh, my home base is Toronto I am in nice. Toronto and but I'm back and forth in California a lot that people have no idea where I am which is great um but I have a family so I'm a family man so we all know that Sometimes with uh free healthcare you might want to keep staying in Canada <laughs> buddy. You might want to <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's definitely worth the jump back and forth for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You married how many kids you got?
1: Yeah, married uh four kids, man. Too many. Too many. Married uh well not really married. I'm new school married. I have my partner and uh we live together and we have kids together but we just haven't really made that. Yeah, yeah. I knocked her up. I knocked her up first. That a boy. <laughs> i am
0: not fucking busy you're like we're both must be busy bro you're traveling across north america you have four
1: fucking kids oh my god yeah man i got yeah it's nuts (laughs) i got i got twins in 2019 i have a 20 year old and a a 16 year old so i had that i had a 20 year old and 16 year old when i was a young age and then i uh, i uh, started making moves as a comedian and then things got crazy successful and then I slipped one in the five hole in 2019 with my with my girl, <laughs> and uh, woo got some twins. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's crazy. Here's the funny thing: my That's daughter was my is yeah, dude. The crazy thing though is my daughter is my stepdaughter, and my son's my son, and my twins are my twins. So if you really think about it, I've only had sex twice, but I have four kids. You know what I mean? Like, I busted two nuts.
0: Those are expensive nuts to bust, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's, Yo, fucking... that's it. That's what
1: it is. But my dick's a dollar a of deal.
0: But <laughs> well, I'm sure, like as much as I'm, I'm sure in 2019, who knows if you were still looking for kids? But I know it's, it's a blessing. Yeah, like I'm sure twins was a fucking wild ride. But it's always one of those, like in the moment, you're kind of like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I'm also speaking as a 27 year old that doesn't have any kids, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about yet. But I got to admit I got to say like you you have kids and and you and you learn to live with it and obviously they're kids that you love and and it wouldn't change it for the world now so yeah No Man.
1: I I go ahead sorry
0: No no I was just going to jump into the rest of the comedy like I can't I I I just started doing stand up comedy like just did an open uh, okay I can't say just did it I was in an accident was off for a couple months due to a car accident but I, before that I did a stand up Um, a little open mic and I'm excited to get more into it. And that's when I started interviewing comedians. Like I interviewed big norm, seeing that you guys have done some tours together. That guy's fucking unreal too. Um, but I got to say watching you guys, like following your social media and watching you go all over the States. Like when did this fucking hit you? And you're like, I'm, I'm rolling. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm selling out shows. I'm getting gigs across North America. I'm able to get clubs. Like when did this change for you?
1: Um, to tell you the truth, man, uh, I'm not gonna lie, everything was on a roll, and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So I I got management, yeah, so I had management in the States, in LA, and then it kind of like, they were like, all right, let's start getting you some stuff, and then bam, the pandemic hit, and then even, like, people who were, like, killer headliners weren't even living in in Hollywood anymore, because there wasn't anything going on, they all went back home to, like, (laughs) indianapolis or chicago or or even like some people obviously the pandemic is what made austin texas such a huge yeah comedy spot uh, so people moved right so um and then when the pandemic pandemic hit i started doing some stuff online that started like getting some uh viral attention during the pandemic and then um they started shooting roast battles canada and i was on all of those seasons and we got uh season three about to drop. So I'm going to be the, on that too. So like, yeah, I'd have been blessed like, yeah. ever since before the pandemic. So probably in like 2018, 2019, things are started rolling in a good, good way. And I would like to say right when the pandemic fucking finished, people I can swear on this, right?
0: Yeah. 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 You say whatever you want. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay, cool. Right. When the, the I did another podcast, and I was like, yeah, man, some fucking shit. And, da, 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 and, and, and the guys were like, the hosts were like, yeah, you know, uh, if you really don't really give an F. And I'm like, if an F, I'm like, are you, Are we?" it's like, we try to stay awake, stay clean? I'm like, oh, well, shit, man. What the fuck? You should have told me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, uh, <laughs> I was
0: but, just watching yeah. the fucking video of you, uh, trying to say the, the code and it was like anal, um,
1: oh, yeah. cowgirl oh, yeah.
0: shit. And I'm like, fuck. Like, no, no, definitely no filter here. But I got to say, like, uh, just watching your stuff and watching travel and stuff always gets me fired up. And it's just like such a motivator to like, you fucking grind and grind and grind and grind. And comedy is a fucking weird beast. No one fucking yeah. understands. If you're not a part of it, you don't really understand it. I can't really say that I'm a part of it, but I'm definitely having a huge respect and understanding of how much you guys push for how many years you guys push to get to where you are. And some guys push for 10, 15 years still like end up getting to a a headlining act, but to be able to travel and get management stuff just gets harder. And it seems like, like when you talk about when the pandemic started, you started doing social media and making stuff on uh, to go viral and do videos. It's crazy. And it's amazing how much social media and stuff has made it so that comedians can take over their own career. Instead of going to like a just for last festival and having some guy that maybe isn't even a comedian, judge you on your act even though you're killing and you're lighting up a crowd be the choice of whether or not you go any farther kind of was dog shit so it's kind of sweet to be able to take over your own career and do your own thing like i think it's helped so much
1: oh yeah man and i think i think well the best thing about just for laughs is it's actually one of those festivals where like if i'm talking to any up-and-coming comedian i'm like that's the only thing you should worry about doing there's a lot of other comedy festivals um that where it's just like whatever but that's such an industry built and that's how I got the management was through that fest someone saw me like blah from the states so um you could do both and I think the the thing with me though was um that's what it was my my uh my social media was because I'll be honest with you in 2018 I was my girl was pregnant and I wanted with the twins so I was going to take a break so I started doing all these recordings. I started recording all this stuff uh, for comedy albums and just stuff to make residual income. I shot some stuff for TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did all this cool shit. I did a lot of uh, – prepared some videos to post. Like I think every set I did, I filmed it. I filmed Dude. it. I was like, I'm going to post clip, 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 clip. And uh, I paid videographers, editors, all that shit. And then bam, the pandemic hit and I started dropping content because I told my wife, I told my girl, I'm like, yo, when 2020 hits and these babies come, I'm taking a break because we're, we were, were expecting twins in 2019. Uh, so I was like, so when these twins come, I'm taking a break. I'm just going to stay home on post and then I'll, I'll have, I had like some writing jobs that I do for networks and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'll just pick <clears throat> up the writing jobs and don't do the tour. Right. But then the pandemic hit and people are just like, oh my God, man. How the hell did you do this? Blah, 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 blah. They had no idea that I was just prepared for this break. i <laughs> so fucking people thought awesome. I'm like, they're like, yo, you're such a hustler, man. You're working so hard. I'm like, dog.
0: Perfect timing. Holy perfect shit. Perfect
1: timing. It just, it was just perfect. Ti- exactly. It was just perfect timing for me. And the crazy thing, of, back to your question, was as a regular comedian who was just trying to kill it on stage, my, my manager was the one who told me, you know, you got to start posting more. Because I can't do anything on my end to show, like, here's my client, and all <laughs> I can show them is fucking you posting a picture of your sneakers. That's not that's not fucking enough. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's how it came to be. So he, he, my, like, shout out to my management team because if it, without without them, they wouldn't like they kind of put everything in, in perspective for me. Because when you're in Canada, you're more like. Oh, if I just put in the work, you know, it's just yeah. gonna, someone's gonna you know, but yeah, so
0: fucking dreams but, are gonna fall out of the cloud.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's more of um the best part is it's like you can control your your destiny with your social media, but don't my only advice is to I know comics who who cater to social media so well that they they it, it it's a detachment from their stage persona, so then when yeah, the yeah. people see them from l- their skits online or what they post online and they see them a- uh, in person, it's such a big, like, what the fuck? I didn't expect this. So they kind of lose fans that way. So I'm glad that everything that my success is all coming from shit that I wanted to do. Like, it's yeah, not yeah. like, you know, like I'm not out here wearing a wig or doing things that like, I don't expect people to see me when they come see my show. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, no, it's fucking works. Like, yeah. You could easily do a 20-minute... No, that's not it. I mean. Like, you could do okay. a 20-minute set and have a kick-ass joke that always hits really hard, the rest dog shit, and that's the yeah. fucking thing that you share. Someone comes to see you and they're just disappointed because they expected the rest of the act to go similar, or or you're yeah. a different person on social media than you are in your actual stand-up, and someone comes to see the person that they see on the internet. I don't know if I'm hitting it right on the head of what you're saying, but that's how it feels sometimes. Like, like Yeah, I, I, yeah,
1: exactly. No, you're you're getting it.
0: Man, it's just... It's just wild to think about like the start of someone's career and like where they start out and like going to do these open mics or, or going to do these uh, bringer shows and all this stuff and I haven't had to do a bringer show yet I got very lucky with the first show I guess didn't have to bring anyone but. To go from that to like, you're like verified on Instagram. You have 125,000 people that follow your page all the time. You're going to Clippers games, uh, sitting there throwing t-shirts out. Your name's (laughs) up on the jumbo screen. Like, like what the fuck is going on? Like, from COVID till now, you're just killing it. Growing every day. Thank you, man. I had to reach out to you immediately. I'm okay. like, this fucker's gonna be on Rogan in a couple of years. I gotta be the podcast he did before Joe. You know, I gotta <laughs> fucking slide in there. But what is what's next goal for you? You 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 did you did the stand up. You did the 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 social media posting throughout the throughout the pandemic. Got you some great time with your twins. What's your next goal? Like stuff that you can release.
1: Um. Yeah. The next goal is is I'm currently working on another comedy album. This one's going to be, like, more of a special. I got, nice. um, um, you know, extending the tour that we did. Um, basically doing what I'm doing, but doing it bigger, you know? Um, I do a lot of dope stuff in Canada, and I'm trying to bring that to the United States and, and, and LA and, and New York and, and trying to bring that flavor, because I'm at a point where, like, it's it's crazy, because I, I did this tour in, in LA and in California, so I was in like, San Francisco, Sacramento, um, San Jose, a lot of places in Orange County, uh, Hollywood, obviously. And I was like, it was half and half because I was doing this tour and then I was jumping on shows. I was doing this tour while I was headlining clubs and then yeah. I was doing shows where people didn't know me. And it uh-huh. was like night and day. So I get this one, I show up to this one spot. Hey, Mr. Pedro, come this way. Yeah, yeah, free <laughs> shit. Da, da, da. And the other one's like, who the fuck's this guy? We don't know this guy. And then, <laughs> It's crazy because you know LA's L.A., right? It's Hollywood, so you'll get the cold shoulder until they see what you can do. So I remember I went to this one show and people were just punking me off, fellow comics and 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 just producers, bartenders, we name it. And then all of a sudden, I killed the show and everybody was just on my dick, and I was just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? so, yeah, exactly. So it's it's, it's a bittersweet because. You know, I'm here in Canada and I'm more of like the the OG where the headliner people know me and then people do know me in the States, but I'm still not as established as I am here. So I'm kind of what's new for me is bringing that shit over.
0: Yeah. How intimidating was going to the States? Because I'm also not in this industry of like doing the TV stuff and doing the lines and doing like the comedy traveling like that. How intimidating is it when you see, like, the Hollywood, the improv, the 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 store, like, all these different places in the States? Were you intimidated your first time going over there and hitting one of those clubs?
1: Yeah, this was the first club I ever hit when I think it was 2013, I think, 2013. Wow. Um, <laughs> was Chicago Improv. I did a whole weekend. I was asked to host a whole weekend there. And it's, That's yeah, dope. it's intimidating because you go to Yuck Yucks. And I, here's the thing with me. When I started, and this is a... No, I'll, I'll be straight blunt. Like, I don't know anything about. I didn't know anything about Canadian comedy. I I came up in the comedy game. I only knew like Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, yeah, yeah, fucking George yeah, yeah. Carlin, the, ba- the bigs, yeah. yeah. the, the basics, right. So I didn't know like. You know, like OGs like Mike McDonald and, and like, uh, who else, big Canadian, like, uh, uh, what's his name? I uh, still, I, I said, look, I still don't know, uh, Steve Patterson and, and you know, guys on CBC. I didn't know all these cool dudes. So when, you know, you go to a, like a Yuck Yucks, you see all these faces on the wall. And I, I was like, well, I don't know these people. I don't know none of these fucking people. <laughs> And then you go to the improv in Chicago and it's like, well, well I know that guy. That's fucking, you know, that's Chris yeah, Rock. Yeah. That's Dave Chappelle. That's that's Cat that's Williams. That's such a Steve Harvey. And you're like, everybody's on the wall. And it's like their young faces too. Like how early they came up. And you're just like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm on this place with this wall. And like, it's not, and it's, it's the night, the tre- treatment's not our day too. I remember the first time I was in Chicago improv, <laughs> the waitress is like, yo, what do you want? I'm like, um... And i ordered my drink blah 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 and then this is because so i'm doing a weekend so i'm there from thursday to sunday so thursday i do the shows i order two drinks and that's it and then i go oh can i settle up and i, I think i ordered like two Heinekens. she's like can i settle up she's like no you're a comedian you're on the house buddy and i'm like what she's like yeah you're pro- bro next day wasn't a Heineken order. Trust me, it wasn't fucking. <laughs> yeah, no, I, got, no. I ordered Hennessy, yeah. Jason. Oh, yeah, I loaded the fuck up. <laughs> you know I mean? so she's just... like, "You
0: pay today. You pay today." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no.
1: I, I thought she was going to, but at the end, she's like, "Nope. Have a good weekend. Have a good." <laughs> like, oh shit, it was crazy, Dude. yeah, man. And I was like the you new guy. It. I was like the host. I wasn't even the headliner or the middle. Like I was literally the new guy, and they were still treating me like gold. And I'm like, "Wow, this is night or day." <laughs> I like, go, "This is night." Or day. Bro.
0: <laughs> I hadn't interviewed comedians yet. At the beginning, it was a like it was a it was a fucking stupid way to start the podcasting. I my biggest goal yeah. was just to try and reach as many people as fast as fucking mm-hmm. possible. So like, I interviewed like I don't regret the interviews by any means. I interviewed some sweet people, but it was more of like trying to interview people that were on like Netflix shows, like The Circle, or or yeah. people that were on like Love Island, or or this kind of stuff. And like they had cool fucking yeah. stories, but it wasn't the kind of like it was harder to do the interview because I wasn't fucking stoked to hear about their journey. Cause it wasn't a journey mm-hmm. that I would love to have too. Right. So just like the hearing about you going to Chicago and, and seeing these fucking guys on the wall and hoping that your fucking pictures on that wall. One of these days, I, I was so dumb and naive to what the comedy scene was. I went for my open mic. I don't know if you know who Seth McFarlane is. Yeah. It's, no, it's Sandy. Sandy McFarlane.
1: Yes, yes, of course. From, yes.
0: uh, uh, it's, I always say the crazy. Conno- Rusty nail. Yeah, yeah. 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 I
1: was with so him on Tuesday.
0: <laughs> that's where I did my first open mic. And, uh, he was fucking awesome. Like he brings us in. I'm, I'm, he's like, you're, you're the, you're the talent. I'm like, the fuck you haven't seen me yet. I might be dog shit. <laughs> he's like, nope, you drink and eat for free. And I'm kind of like, this is fucking wild because at that point I only I had only heard podcasts of comedians who have been to all these different yeah. types of places where you either get treated like garbage or you fight for the pay that you were told you were gonna get for that week or or you're, yeah. you're fighting for different spots and it was like that really awesome like the guy's a beauty I've only seen him a few times but he was fucking awesome to deal with yeah. but. Hearing you going over to Chicago and all these cutthroat cities like New York and L.A. And I just interviewed a guy from that that pre- performs like every week at the Hollywood Improv, um, Brian Monarch. And he's talking about yeah. like, I'm going to L.A. in September and I go on a fucking tangent like this and forget that I'm just not stop talking. But uh, no, go ahead, regardless, go ahead. you know what I'm talking about? Like, there's some fucking clubs that are such a different vibe and diff- you're just treated so much different at certain ones. So, like when you're talking about getting free Heineken, you're like, you know, I'm going to take the fucking Hennessy next time. It's like certain
1: clubs <laughs> ain't going to do that. Yeah, no, it's not. And and it's crazy because Sandy is still, like, back to your thing, Sandy is still one of the few guys who do that. And that's a crazy thing. And, um, you know, like I'll do a show. Like, I remember I had to come back. So you talked about the Clippers game and all that stuff. I did this whole run in LA. Last thing I had to do was this Clippers game and then I had to zoom back to do this private like golf course function in uh fuck Sudbury, Shit. sorry. Sudbury. So obviously I'm not leaving LA for for nothing, right? So I come back, I do this amazing gig. And it was great, you know, and and I guess whatever. The pay was nice. But and again, I come back the guys like, "Yeah, man, you got to pay your tab." And I was like, "I just performed all over for three weeks in the coolest places in the world. And I come back to celebrate. Oh, and just get golf slapped course. in the face. Oh. With reality. And the crazy thing is like, you're a golf course, man. You guys are printing money. Stop this. But um, yeah, and that was man. funny. And, and I was just, but that's the best thing about what I like about, you know, coming back home as a, a Canadian performer. It's like, you, you, get, you get nice, cold water splash right into your face to remind yeah. you
0: you ain't shit buddy <laughs> bro like it's it's it really separates the fucking comedians that are fucking going for it all and the ones that are half-assing the fucking game like if for you to go to a golf course and do a private event i'm obviously yeah. so nervous that i've only done one uh comedy act I, I can't wait to fucking do the next one i'm gonna do levity and hamilton next but Fuck um yeah
1: i, I copolino that's his name that runs it yeah the uh-huh. owner. I, I just matter. I just yeah, messaged them on
0: LinkedIn to to get a spot so but uh um, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's all right. Um For you, you're the comedian that's fucking grinding. Like you're flying back from LA where you're just crushing these fucking clubs. You're going to Clippers games to do a fucking private event golf course to get more time in, meet more people, share your name to more fucking people. And it's such a harder event when you're at a private golf course event than when you're at a club where people know they're coming for comedy. They're coming for no filter. They're coming for the act that you're coming to perform. That's why I find it so fucking strong for the comedians that will do a birthday party or a private event or like, these got to be so much fucking harder than going to do a traditional stand-up.
1: Oh, 100%, man. Um, The thing with it is, like, to me, I'll be honest with you, man, and this this might sound whatever, but I'll just go over them. If the money's good, I'll go. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking right. Pay <laughs> I mean, fucking I'm, bills. That's how you get yeah, more successful.
0: Like, let's roll.
1: I'm trusty the clown, man. I'll sell anything. I'll sell out. I don't give a fuck, bro. I don't give a shit. But, no, you I remember one time, and this is when I was coming up, I I did a gig in a house. I did a private house party for this guy's birthday. And I've never performed comedy with no mic and socks on. You know, in a living room. Like I, like, I was just like, what, what do I do with my hands, man? I don't even know. So, it was, yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's the come up. But, like, it, it is obviously harder when you have to do, like, like, when I did that, here's the thing, that that golf course, uh, so I had to land in uh, Toronto, and then they flew me out to Sudbury from from Porter, so they flew me out, and I did all this stuff. The crazy thing about it was, I was treated well as if it was a club, um, but then once I got there, like, I felt like this. Co- it, was a, a or, uh, it was for a private company, it was a private party for a company, and I felt like they didn't even know there was a comedian. Because like when they told me to go up, everybody looked like they were ready to go. Like it finished the silent auction and like people had their prizes and centerpieces already oh, in their hand. Man. And I'm like, now you want me to, these guys are hammered. They're ready to fucking <laughs> go and get a shawarma. Or like, you it's know like
0: what Following you mean? the closer.
1: Like- <laughs> yeah, like nuggets. But uh, but I ended up doing it and then, but it was great because That's the guy so- already paid me. The, he paid me the minute I got, I got a deposit. He paid me the minute, he paid the rest of the minute I got in there. And then he was like, you got to do 45 to an hour. People were so drunk, so hammered, so out of it by the time I got on. I was like, yeah, just do 20. <laughs> I'm like, perfect. <laughs> I'm <Yes>. like, done.
0: <laughs> and done. pay for your fucking beers.
1: <laughs> at, at the same time, I was like, done. Even better. I'll pay for the beers, man. He yeah, about- you, you save
0: me 25 minutes in this yeah, show.
1: Yeah, you exactly. And the crazy thing was about it was I, cu- <laughs> I probably could have did the full hour because – by the time like some people staggered out and left but yeah. the people who ended up staying were loving it but i was just like "Nah, this is let me just finish it and then it, it was great it was great either way like but at the same time man like that's such a fun experience Dude, yeah i, I love so comedy. Funny. i love i love doing it so it's not like you know
0: <laughs> Dude, no, that should be on your fucking resume i don't know if comedians have fucking resumes but uh showed yeah. up to private events half the half the half the crowd is clapped they're about to fucking leave and i still kill i kill fucking (laughs) private corporate events these fucking bastards oh yeah yeah, i will crush any stage when the people are actually expecting to receive comedy that's fucking wild
1: yeah i'm I'm, good to that shit (laughs) throughout
0: your time like traveling to north like obviously across north america did you have a favorite club or a club like Throughout your like childhood and growing up and starting comedy and and following other comedians, was there a club that like was like I want to be someone who does a fucking show at that club? Like that's when I know I'm at a level that I'm fucking happy with, or proud of.
1: Oh yeah, man. Um, probably two two was uh, the Ice House in Pasadena because heard that one before. Uh, um, yeah, because that was like Johnny Carson's club. If you when you go there, you could see all the shoes. He used to wear on the club, they have it like slowly stapled on the wall, um, like each pair. It's crazy. And then, uh, um, or I don't know if it's glued, stapled, who knows? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then, and then the comedy store, of course, the store. So I, I've been lucky enough to do those multiple times. And I'm, I'm going back to the store actually on March 9th. I'll be there doing two shows. Um, but, uh, with that being said, like, yeah, man, it's always been, comedy it's store. always, it's always been, you know, a dream to do. Like to me, it's always been a dream to just do anything in in down south, right? I I feel like uh, there was two shows that I was really wanting to get on as like when I started up in Canada. It was the uh, the All Black Kenny Robinson show, the newbie show at Yuck Yuck, which is like deaf comedy jam. Fucking cr- place is wild. People dress up like they're going to nightclubs. <laughs> they have like bottles of fucking champagne at the boots in the back. All like, oh yeah, and, yeah, man. Like famous people who are in town will come. I remember like Dmx watched oh, the show shit. one time. Yeah, it was crazy, man. And that show's been going on for like 30 years. So shout out to Kenny Robinson, man, he has been holding it down. And I remember I doing that show and I'm like I want to do fucking that show. So then but like now I'm like kind of out of <laughs> like goals in Canada. So um uh, anything you want to do in the states is 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 fun and I was just like yeah, as long as I can do an improv or there's a picture of me on stage holding the mic with an improv sign in the back, I'm happy. <laughs> you know.
0: Dude, so fucking true. Like, I only, like, got so much more into comedy at the beginning of the pandemic when I started the podcast. When I started watching a lot more podcasters and watched Rogue, and then I watched Segura and Kreischer and and, uh, Santino and Bobby Lee, and, like, the store was their fucking place. Like, that's where all these guys practice their 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 routines and 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 got their specials ready and that Mm -hmm. fucking place i've heard about it a million times and it's definitely the place i'm going to visit when i get to la in september but that's fucking incredible for you to be able to perform at a place like that like that's got to feel so goddamn good like i've heard a lot of those guys talk about the fact that they'd rather the store or an improv or like certain places like the ice house Ice said
1: yeah ice house yeah
0: um They'd rather those than some of the stadiums they sell. Obviously, the stadiums sell and make a lot of fucking money, but nothing like the feeling of some of those clubs. Like, have you ever had to do yeah. a
1: round, like a round room? No, I have not yet to do. Uh, I've done a round room, but not a round stage. Like, 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 like Dane Cook's circle. Like, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. I've done a room where it's like it goes from like this side, like kind of, I've done a C. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I've never done a full circle, but I've done a C. But, Um, yeah, man, you know what actually has a great club and this is, I'll tell you right now out of all the clubs that I've done though, but you know, I, I recently did Cobbs, which was like Robin Williams club in San Francisco. Um, that was he, where he came up. I must say though, um, after doing San Jose and and San Francisco a few times, I, I, the Bay areas is best, best crap. Hands down. Ten thousand percent. that's why you know a lot of people like a lot of guys have their specials in the bay like uh i think michael che does one in oakland i think uh dave chappelle does one in, in san francisco like uh louis does one like and you always wonder why come they're always, they're always doing specials in the bay and then I, I figured it out when you go there it's like it's great <laughs> it's, it's nuts
0: some of those nights where you're doing like the Bay Area, or or the Comedy Store, or, or uh, the Improv. Like, have you gotten to match up? Like, because I I don't know exactly how it works. I'm obviously so out of the fucking game you're in, but you see like the lineups of comedians that do like a Thursday night, a Friday night, or a Saturday night, and you see the fucking lineup. Have you gotten to perform on the same night and share stages with guys that you looked up to?
1: Oh man! So I did this one show in in L. A. and it's all the, the all black show. It's called. Uh, it, uh, mo, mo better mondays <laughs> right and uh i don't think it's around anymore i think i think d ray davis took it over but uh i did that show and i was on and then there was already cool guys like i don't know if you know bill bellamy from uh, deaf comedy jam but he he was on any given sunday uh he's done a lot of dope shit um so bill bellamy was already on the show um uh, i saw uh Jeff Ross was chilling oh, in the green room. He was hanging out, but I don't think he was on. So it, it looked like a dope vibe. And then the producer <laughs> kind of like tapped me, and he goes, "Yo, yo, yo!" And and he didn't he. So it was crazy because they they didn't really fuck with me that at, at that point, right? So I was just alley ooped to these gigs. So people didn't really know me. So people, yeah, just yeah. Call, this, this guy just called me Canada. He's like, "Yo, Canada!" <laughs> I guess <it's> like, a, <laughs> "Yo, Canada!" Uh, yeah. Uh, Mike Epps is about to show up, man. You got bumped. So I had to go like, not right after, but Mike Epps showed up and sure. he fucking murdered, man. He murdered. And this is when, um, so tough. yeah, it was, cr- it was crazy. And I, and I had this joke about, um, probably a joke I can't do now, but it was a joke about, <laughs> um, why, why I would never want to fight a gay guy. Cause you know, and so but I had this, I had this fight, uh, cause I think they're the toughest guys in the world. that's, that's that's what i say in this in this old joke that's obviously old uh and that day that day the dude i forgot his name but remember that that guy came out of the closet in the nba the first i think jason collins a long time ago he came out the closet that day in the nba and then i opened up the show by using that news article headline and then Adding Explained it to the joke, joke. that I had yeah, already, that's sick. so they, they they thought I fucking invented fire, bro. They're like, this guy's genius. He just thought of that now, like you know what I mean. So that's um, a good fucking feeling. Part yeah, of you so like it was that, great. and <laughs> then uh, yeah, and it was crazy too because the host was the host was he didn't even show me no love too. He was just like, yeah, this guy, um, he's from Canada. We about to see if this motherfucker's money. <laughs> <laughs> the- wow. And then, yeah, oh. buddy.
0: I can't imagine the pressure they put on, like, I I wouldn't obviously know, but like, was there more pressure being the out of town or like being the guy coming from a different country to take stage time from the Americans? Like, what, did it feel like that? Did it feel like robbery?
1: Um, It's crazy because every time, every place I go, um, there's Canadians killing it. You know, oh, if you go to New York, sick. there's 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 like Nathan Mac, I don't know if you know Nathan McIntosh. He's doing well in New York. Uh, homie Ryan Long's doing well in New York. Uh, then you got guys and and people in L.A. like Steph Tolove and Debra Giovanni and even now like my homie Matt O'Brien like guys are just killing it in L.A. And then when I'm there, when I show up there I'm like yeah blah 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 they're like oh where you from bro I'm like I'm Canadian like, fucking Canadians what's in that water man <laughs> what the hell are you guys yeah. oh it's one of my it's... homies. yeah but <laughs> no go ahead. No, so one of these guys, one of my homies from the States is like, do you guys just, is it so cold in Canada that you guys just write so much jokes that you wait <laughs> until the fucking paper catches on fire?
0: Yeah. <laughs> wait till the summer to tell them, like, it's too fucking cold yeah. and I ain't going on this shit. But It almost seems like we get to see the fucking dream across the border. Like, the, yeah. like, I understand the opportunity is growing here, but there's not an opportunity here to do as big or go as big. Like obviously people like Russell Peters and and Jim Carrey and, and Mike Myers and shit that fucking grew like crazy. But the percentage of us to do it is not fucking huge. And you see this happen over the border. You chase this fucking dream. When you leave this country, when you go over there, you're putting out everything you fucking got to try and make a, like make a, make a point and, and grow and make a living. Like that's just how it feels. Obviously I haven't fucking done it, but that's just how it feels like you're just, you're ready to fucking push that so dream of chasing it in this in the big USA.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't really have to, like, you see, you keep, you, keep, you said that you don't have, you're not really in it, but like, you don't, know, you see it though. You know what's up and you know, like, it, it feels more because I, everybody knows here. I remember, okay, let me put this in perspective. I remember yeah. somebody told me in a, in a podcast, I said, he said, um, how come everybody has to leave Canada, like actors, Canadians? Why does everybody have to leave? And I go, well, the problem with Canada is we don't have a star system here. You know, we, if you look at, like, all the most popular Canadian, like, all the Canadian networks here play a lot of American content. Like, you know what I mean? There's no real star system because they don't, everybody, you only become famous once Americans call you famous. You can't, yeah. I like can, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. and he was like, "That's not true." And I said, "Well, name me a famous Canadian that's not famous in America," and dude couldn't answer. <laughs> you it's know fucking what I mean? true, right? I, Don Cherry, maybe? I don't fucking know. <laughs> you
0: know you like, people,
1: uh, right. uh, <laughs> right? I don't know.
0: Oh shit!
1: But like, yeah, it's yeah, fucking like, true,
0: I, man. I. I I interviewed Dave Merhaj, and he's in LA at the time.
1: Yeah, that's the homie, yeah, yeah.
0: And and he's uh he said the same thing. He's like, I fucking been acting, I've been doing comedy here, and I'm I'm fucking grinding over here in LA. But he's like, I want to bring that shit to Toronto. Like I wanna like Toronto's a fucking city. You could bring a starlight too. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? There's not enough fucking people that are killing it in acting or or comedy or or whatever it may be to bring a starship to fucking Toronto. Like he said so he'd yeah, like yeah. love to be able to like start making his own show in Toronto and bring stuff back to Canada. Like it, it'd be nice if like the people like Jim Carrey and Mike Myers and Russell Peters and these big Canadian people would bring some of that power back and try and build something here. But I don't know, maybe it's just hard. Most of the fucking every everyone across the fucking world loves USA fucking power. Apparently like they love the USA lines, wow. which, which I don't blame them. Like the shit they do is, is working clearly accurately. So
1: well i just I just think more it's more of the the opportunity, right? because you true. you got to really think like a guy like Russell Peters, you know, who's really good at what he does, but he did his own show, uh, the Indian Detective, and you know it didn't it didn't really do well because at the same time, like you know, Canada, you still have to cater to like Saskatchewan and those other provinces that people forget, about. <laughs> but like forget you know they're mean? up like, there sometimes. Yeah. So, so I guess ratings. Go, that's why. That's why fucking corner gas kills, dude. That's why corner gas was so good that they had to turn it into a cartoon. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I have my oh, manager yeah. here, and I have my manager in the states. So I have two managers: I have a Canadian manager and an American manager. And they they always get on these like group chats and these meetings. And I have this show idea, and they're like, "Well, Keith, where do you where do you want to bring it?" And I'm like, "Well," I'm Kind of don't want to bring it, keep it in Canada. To be honest,
0: <laughs> I mean, like, it's fucking it's hard.
1: hard. It's hard. It's hard. And like, I'm not saying Canada can't produce good stuff. They, you could they have a great idea, a lot of good stuff. fucking
0: fail here. Yeah,
1: look at look, Kevin <laughs> Convenience did really well. Working Moms is doing really well. Those are great shows that that Americans love as well. Um, I just think that true for me in my personal point of view and my personal comedic voice, I don't think it can cater to a lot of Canadians. You know what I mean?
0: It's, it's, it's fair. It's also it, right? your so, shit that you're looking at producing. You know what what takes yeah. from you. You know yeah. who's gonna accept it and enjoy it. Like,
1: yeah.
0: there's no point in taking the fucking risk that big of a risk to start your own show and not yeah. push it to the biggest fucking broadcasting country in the world. Like,
1: of course, and and man. I have stuff for Canadian. I I, I I've given sold some Canadian uh, ideas to Canadian shows and networks and stuff like that. And there is stuff that there is, there's a good market. So I'm not saying to anybody, listen, that, oh, don't, don't do it. No, there's the good shit in Canada. This is the stuff that I had, that one show idea in particular. I was like, no, this is, this is, this has to go down south. But I have a lot of dope stuff and given a lot of dope stuff to the Canadian uh, industry. And and, and they accepted it with open arms. If they like it, they'll accept it. So it's not like it's hopeless. It all depends on what, like, the problem, crazy thing about comedy is like, there's so many end goals. There are so many end goals that you can do. You can be Kevin Hart and be a TV guy, or you could go Joe Rogan and be the podcast guy, or you could be fucking, you know. I know what you mean. Have you ever right, thought of doing a podcast? Of, I did a podcast for real uh, for a little bit during the, po- uh, during the pandemic. It was called Keith It Real.
0: <laughs> Keith and It Real. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Keith yeah, It and Real. And, and um, the only thing with the podcast with me was, because uh, I have so much of a big family and everything, I wanted to do the whole like video and the guests. It was just way too much to set up, and I feel like um by the time I wanted to start one, like everybody and their mama started one, and um I, I felt like I couldn't bring anything new or or dynamic to the table, and I had I was spending too much time doing other stuff. So I, I still would still love lot, to too. do one. Yeah, I, hey, I got I'm one just... started up with my boy Marcel Williams. We're gonna we're gonna start this one up. We shot a few episodes. But, um, he just shot a fucking Amazon movie in Paris and then, <laughs> that's what I mean? So like, we yeah, a <laughs>
0: like yeah. yeah, we're going to have to backlog, uh, 45 episodes for this year. Like, yeah. oh man, yeah. it's wild. Like, I just can't wait to like move, like looking at getting a, a house and building an actual studio so I can host people there instead of, Hey, you want to come sit on my fucking sofa and, uh. And like hang Ellie, that's just not the right <laughs> fucking environment. Well, I started during fucking COVID, right? I was so yeah. like, Zoom was the only way to do it, unless you want a fucking yeah. chance of thinking you're gonna die for 14 days. Like,
1: yeah.
0: So I just have a couple more questions for you. Do you have yeah. a favorite podcast? Like, do you listen to podcasts? Do you consume them?
1: Um, you know what? I, I, I listen to a lot. Um, but it's all like, I'll listen to a podcast when i feel like it's an episode like i'm not i'm not loyal to anybody's podcast yeah, does that yeah. make sense like yeah, i'm yeah. not like oh it's this week this week i i'll be like oh did you hear the news so I'll, I'll jump from like drink champs from like nori to uh uh the one with the uh schultz podcast is it what's it called with, uh, with
0: matt sorelli or with sorelli
1: which one? Oh no schultz uh, has a couple so, yeah yeah, so the one. Uh, I think it's called frag Fra- fragrant, Flagrant. Um, That's just him. Where they yeah. Sit, they, they, they He's got people the, with him, right? They're a bunch of yeah, yeah, people. Chairs. With him, yeah, bunch of chairs. That one, the one. Yeah, he had Stephen A. Smith on it recently. That was I a dope episode. About... Um, and then yeah, I'll fuck with Rogans too, and then um, sometimes I'll listen to like, um, <laughs> sometimes I'll listen to like parenting podcasts when I want to know some tips or what to do, mental health podcasts.
0: Bro, have you you listened to Cat and Nat? No. Cat
1: and Nat? Let me type that down. Cat and Nat?
0: It's two moms that have a bunch of fucking kids, and they just talk about the fucking ruthless shit that comes from parenting, and kids are fucking crazy, and they're like, stop being the mom that sits at home feeling bad if they don't do shit. If you don't do everything you need to for your fucking kids, like, they're just, like, very, like, cutthroat, no filter, tell you how it cat is. About-
1: that cat Cat, C-A-N-T.
0: CAT and NAT they're out of yeah. Toronto like they tr- they sh- they do fucking shows all across the states now like they're fucking selling out venues like they And show- they just
1: talk about parenting.
0: Oh fuck yeah and just like the like no filter life is not perfect like social media shit they're I'm interviewing them March 1st they're fucking on like I've been listening to them for a while now I've been trying to get this interview for like a year <laughs> so it's uh okay. they're fucking cool to listen to they're just They're just fucking cutthroat mums and it's kind of hilarious. I don't even have kids and their shit's funny as fuck.
1: Yeah, I will listen to that. Yeah.
0: Another question. And it's one that I have started to think about this whole podcast because I don't think I and I hope this doesn't come across rude. I don't know how Filipinos age because I didn't know that you had four fucking kids before I got on this podcast. (laughs) How old are you?
1: I'm 38 fucking shit dude you guys age so much better than we do (laughs) holy (laughs) fuck i'm 38 yeah it's uh well if i take off my hat you can see how 38 i am but um
0: yeah but i got a lot of fucking (laughs) bald-ass 27 year old buddies don't you worry (laughs) like Uh, but but i'm just sitting here i'm like man you know what a lot of people talk about like having white privilege and all this shit and i'm like man we age like fucking buick seats like we've got some fucking downfalls in us all right like looking at you like I, fuck man you don't know, like 38 with four kids god damn when i first <laughs> saw your fucking videos dude i thought you were like late 20s maybe 30 years old
1: no that's good man thanks man that's uh no i'm happy i'm um, trust me i think uh
0: you got a lot shit a lot done of times 38
1: oh there's there's times where i'm looking at my life like oh am i too old now and then i'm above my age is oh, like nah, no man you're still getting these roles you're still getting these auditions for young kids Bro. i'm like okay bug it i'm like bug it
0: like I, apparently
1: the guy who played zach morris and Save by the bell was like 30 years <laughs> old or something only that but go ahead <laughs> you're like i got
0: yeah. fucking opportunities man i'm gonna be in the new save by the bell like I, I like like Tom Segura, Burt Christ, like yeah. Tom Segura is my alt, like my number one, like he's the one that I like relate to with his type of comedy. And like, I don't know if you did this when you started comedy, but like you kind of like seem to like mimic not not their jokes, but their kind of um uh their like, delivery of jokes kind of thing. He's been yeah. my person for that, but uh fuck I goddamn it. I hate when I forget what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh you're thinking that you're too old i like following him it fucking made me realize that you're never too fucking old he was like he was like early 40s before he even started to take off like bert kreischer's fucking 50 50 now and it took him like 15 fucking years he didn't start till he was like late 20s to even start to think that this is something that he wanted to do like it just makes you realize like it's a different fucking time for everyone. You know how many goddamn motivational videos I've watched that's like, don't worry about not being successful in your twenties. Use it as a trial run to figure out what the fuck you want to do. And I'm just like, thank God people are putting out this information. Yeah,
1: no, man. It's crazy too. And here's a here's the thing. I and I say this a lot. I only there's two things that I think are a young person's game. An athlete, obviously. Right. And yeah, yeah. I think like like maybe like rap music. No okay. one Wants to listen to a, like a forty-year-old talk about being a gangster. It's like, come on, man. Seriously, you're forty, bro. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. right. You're still selling crack. Come on, man. No, but uh, yeah. uh, grow up. But comedy. I always say this: comedy is an old man's game. Comedy. You'll never. when the last time you saw on YouTube twelve-year-old prodigy stand-up comedian? Fucking never, True. dude. Never. That's why the later you start. Here's like I know comics that have started young. And they got a recognition at like 28, thir- early thirties. I know comics who started late in life at around 28 and 30, and then got recognition right away as once they started, because you have that life experience. So you're funny. You know what I mean? Like what's the 21 year old kid going to talk about? Like dick jokes and you know what I'm saying? So like <laughs> yeah. the older no the life yet, experience, right? Like yeah, none. how are you supposed to be relatable
0: at that age? Like I still exactly. like, even at 27, like it's, I find it funny to just complain about being 27. My life's so fucking hard. I feel like it's a, a joke to the people that are actually going to listen to you. Cause they're like, you're a fucking wimp. Get your life together. Like.
1: <laughs> but 27's prime year too. For, for, I honestly, I think like, you're starting comedy now at 27. I think that's the best time to start because you still have that young chirpy humor, yeah, but yeah. you're all, and you're hip to it. So you can relate to the kids but you're also old enough to relate to older people. You know what I mean? So uh, it's such a good age because you're, you're mature in your, in your, you know, in the way you look at life, but you're yeah. also young at heart. and You know what I mean? So you still have that fuck you attitude. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, definitely have that attitude. I definitely <laughs> like, I'm at the moment right now where like, when I did that, that show for Sandy, like, I felt like right away I had such a fucking adrenaline rush and I was so goddamn excited and, and, and pumped that I got through that first seven minutes, got some decent laughs, definitely had some jokes that immediately after I sat down and watched more act, I'm sitting there critiquing my jokes of ways that I could have reworded it or, or stated it differently or, or, or moved around to a different section of, of my bit, like what I wanted to make better. And it made me just want to go to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. And my lazy ass, Didn't go, like, I was just waiting for uh, the Rusty Nail to have another uh, stand-up set. And they didn't for months. Not realizing Levity is 40 minutes away. And I could go every single fucking Wednesday. I just, I need to hit it over and over and over and over and over again. I can't put this time in between these sets. Because I feel like I go right back to being nervous and not trusting in the stuff that was working. And not critiquing the stuff that's working. And I don't know. It sounds like a fucking (laughs) blab. But... It's, I'm, exto- I'm fucking stoked to, to touch base and, 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 and hit these comedy shows. And I'm hoping to open for some of the guys that I've interviewed now that are fucking crushing it. That would feel like success. Like just getting to the point where I'm, I'm being recognized or, or being noticed that at least I'm fucking funny to some of the guys that I fucking find hilarious, like you and, and, um, um, Casey Corbin and, and Big Norm and, and, uh, a bunch of these guys. Like fucking, that's, oh, that's the dream. Anyway, that's why I love to interview you guys.
1: No, it's great, and and that enthusiasm is exactly what you need, man. And like, you gotta love this shit. And there was one time I did I did Joker's Richmond Hill, uh, this weekend, and there was a young kid second time on stage. Uh, the the owner threw him up, and um, the owner threw him up, and he was like, "Uh, I got this young kid. Uh, maybe you could, you know, school him and let him know. He I think he's very funny. He has a lot of potential. Check him out." So he comes, he does his show. He ends up being a Filipino guy too. So Steve, the owner of Joker's Club, introduced me to him. He comes on, he does well. He does well enough for a guy at a second time on stage. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I was like, oh man, he had I ended up inviting him to my Filipino show. I'm like, hey, you want to come drop us a, a on Sunday? This guy was like, oh my god, bro, yeah, yeah, that's fucking awesome. But um, the thing when he came up to me and he was like, would you have any like critique? things to say about my set or any advice to, about my material or my jokes. and I go dude I don't want to and and when I tell this to every new comic I'm like I don't, I'm not going to tell you how to make things funnier because that's comedy is subjective this is your humor the only thing that I will tell you what to do is just keep going it's like it's one of those things where you'll figure it out what your community voice is when you keep going like love it Love it so much that you're willing to do it for two people, 200 people, 2,000 people. Don't fucking matter. Just keep doing it and get a set ready. Get a nice little seven-minute set ready so everywhere you go. And that's the thing. When you ask me, is there pressure going to the States? And There's not pressure of me because I have my seven ready for new places. I have my 10 ready for people who haven't seen me before. Like I notice a lot of guys who have been doing it for a long time, and then they'll be like, hey, Keith, can you help me? Get me on this show. I want to impress this person, and I'll bring them, and then they'll be like not prepared. And I'm like, dog, you got like you've been doing this for so long, you should have been prepared by now. That. Like, that's the only advice that I could tell any up and coming comedian is like exactly what you're saying. Like, bro, I want to gut there every day. I want to reword it. I want to listen back to it. Yeah, love it, man. Love the craft, and like, I think honestly, you you got the podcast, so you're in the right you're you're in the right um, lane because people can check you out before even checking you out which is what you need you know what i mean right because (laughs) back in the day it was like you want to impress an agent you would have to invite him to a show and he's like i i can't i'm gonna fly out to la or i'm in vancouver but you have a podcast so it's like here's something you can check me out on right now here's something you can you know so you already have the right um formula if you know what i'm saying you like it you love yeah
0: uh, first off, I respect the fact that like even just that kid who came up for a second time, for you to reach out and just say like you want to come out Sunday, like it's I know that it's getting more common. It seems like almost the new generation or like the current up and riser comedians are a little more I think it's given I, I don't and I'm it's so hard to judge as a fucking newbie, but it seems like this generation's a little more of like bring the guys that you know. Like I've seen like you and Big Norman, all these guys like follow each other. Like it's like a fucking You're across the goddamn, you're across North America, you're across the continent and you're, you know, each other, you communicate with each other, you, you end up around each other on the same kind of shows. You talk about each other, you see each other. Like it's, it's a lot of respect to see you bring this kid and give an opportunity and, and, and saying stuff like this to me, who has literally has done one open mic. And I have a hard time portraying the type of comedy that i like to do when i'm doing it through zoom like the delay and the like try not to overlap each other and and the like trying to like just keep the conversation going when there's a delay in zoom and not knowing if you're wanting to speak while i'm speaking and it's definitely something that i can't fucking wait to just sit across from one another have a fucking drink that i don't charge the person for and just chat and you know what get to know one another and just shoot the shit like these the reason why i do such a like a fucking this question this question this question what do you think of this how do you how do you want to advance in this like that Like i'd rather just have the fucking shoot the shit like do you fucking believe in aliens what do you think about this world do you think the fucking place is gonna burn <laughs> to the ground like i want to talk about stupid shit but it's kind of hard yeah. to keep that combo over zoom so i can't wait to just build a studio i've got the gear to do it i just got to start building it and have people like you back on for a for a fucking uh couple drinks and shoot the shit so
1: yeah for sure man
0: I uh I appreciate you. I appreciate all the info you've given me. I, I continue to follow you. Uh go check out Keith Pedro on on Instagram. Click his uh there's a there's a link there to go through all of his stuff, the stuff he's been on. Is that the best way for people to reach you?
1: Um right now, yeah. I post I, I'm more I'm most active on my Instagram at Keith yeah. Pedro, but I also post everything on TikTok. Um uh, Facebook is uh you know my fan page out there. So you can check that at Keith Pedro as well. And um Keith Pedro comedy, sorry, and um yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it. You can check out there. I post a lot of stuff or, or KeithPinto.com. That's where you can get my merch and 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 um my tour dates. All that stuff is there.
0: So below the episode, you'll see the link to his website. You'll see the link to his Instagram. Go check it out. the 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 Trilipino stuff is hilarious. Like the fucking merch looks sick. Like, thanks. I've watched you guys share that so much throughout the throughout the like. It seemed like it was more recent. Like it seemed like it's brought up all the time, but. The, the merch looks dope and, and check out some of his stand up Like you can see some of his, it, it, you got, if you're listening right now, go find out his name is Keith. It's fucking jokes. <laughs> Seen this a handful of times now, find out what you're going to see. Thanks for your fucking time, Keith. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Can't wait to chat with you again. I wish you nothing but the best going forward and uh, uh, have a good night.
1: No, man. Thanks, Greg. man. Uh, and this was fun, bro. Keep it up and hit me up if you ever need anything, bro.
0: I appreciate that, man. Really enjoy, and uh, have a great night. Good luck with everything.
1: You too, man. Peace.
0: Peace.